Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. I'm in here today with Boldy James. How you feeling, man? First of all, <clears throat> I'm feeling good. Second of all, do they call this No Jumper because your shot so broke? Well, there's that. I'm trash on the on the court. You just tall for nothing. <laughs> Yo, I've been getting that my whole life. All my dad's <laughs> friends my whole life, like, you hoop? Is he hoop? Big waste of space like my son. Six five for nothing. <laughs> Six five fucking hootlum. Yeah. And I know how it is, too, because sometimes a dude, the other day I'm, I'm in the fucking clinic or some shit, some six, seven guy walks in. And I'm just looking at him like, wow, I bet he's amazing at basketball. And then I'm thinking, people have been thinking about, about me during my life. And I let them all down. But, hey, we out here. We out here. We out here. Talk to me about your come up. Because I remember I found out about you from now right back in the glory days of the online my blog. Up, my come up, nigga. I still ain't came up. You don't think you came up? <laughs> nah, you're like, you might not have came up on fucking Spotify numbers necessarily, but you came up for sure in your name. Like, everybody talking about you right now. I mean, that's because it's the return, but to a lot of kids, like, I always tell me I'm a new artist all over again. So it's like, you know, I was blessed to uh, the game hit the restart button on me. Mm, but many times, because you've, you've been a new artist for like 12 years. Hey, it's the, it's, that's the beauty. I mean, there's a lot of artists out here who wish that they could be new again in the people's minds. Hey, you just got to be fresh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that your career is indicative of how much people prize somebody who just seems uncompromising. Explain. There's a lot of people out there who might come out for like an album or two and just have a sound and aesthetic that they're sticking with, and then they, at some point, just hop on some weird-ass trend, or they like start rapping on some weird-ass beats, and it kind of fucks up the whole narrative in your head, because it's like, as a rap fan, there's artists that you look at, and you're like, you know, he's, he's getting his bag, he's doing his thing, and there's artists that you look at like, that's a motherfucking artist who really gives a fuck about his craft. I mean, you know, besides Al being my you know, um, my irritating-ass big brother. Um, we get along in the music mesh well because we both so fucking stubborn and stuck in our ways. Like, mm. he refused to give in to the queer shit, and so do I, man. So, there you have it. But has it ever been times where you were, like, feeling like, damn, I got to I gotta get with the times? Like, is that ever in any way fucking tempting? Like- yes, bro, Detroit, like, because everybody chasing the club scene, so... I hear all my little dogs and like my peers and shit, they make records that like, you know, they want to hear them in the club. They want to see a bitch shake her ass to it. Mm. Like I tell people all the time, I rap like like I'm left-handed and I can't dance. So 
you know, it, it, it's like I always tried to force it to make a club record, but when I'm in my vein and, you know, there's certain beats that the raps that I do right and put together, you know, they mesh well with. So, you know, that's why you got a, my first chemistry set, a bold face, you know, feature here and there on uh, Yacht Rock or, you know, um, my Power Glove feature on Russian Roulette and, you know, all that shit mesh well because that's my vein. Like, that's, that's like more of my cadence. Right. But I mean, if you had been chasing club hits for 10 years, the fans probably wouldn't be as receptive to hearing what you got to say as they, as they are right now, don't you think? <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck them. Um, so you came in the game. Was Did you start rapping because of Chuck English and the Cool Kids? Like, is he the one who sort of exposed <laughs> it to you, or where did that come from? And that's my little cousin. Up that's your until, little cousin, up okay. Up until recently, man, I'd kick his ass, man. <laughs> but he could fuck you up right now. I mean, he, he got some weight on him for sure. Man, Chuck is a dangerous man. Don't ever uh, – this goes to everybody watching this interview. Y'all see that man all smiles and Hallmark cards? <laughs> that, that boy, he with the smoke. Really? What kind of smoke, though? Like the wrestling fuck around smoke? Man, or like break, yeah, the wrestling your break your motherfucking neck. You know, like put you in a submission hold, slam you on your forehead. Like really? Chuck is dangerous. I never got to know him to the point where he was going to fuck me up. No, so. he's just cool. That's how the dangerous guys is. Do it look like I heard somebody? I mean, I don't know. I heard all the music before I met you, so. I'll just be lying in my songs like the rest <laughs> of these fake-ass niggas. That's how you feel? I said it. If you think of some hard ass shit that's just blatantly a lie, is there a part of you that's like, nah, I can't say that? No, I'm from Detroit. We can't even cap where I'm from. And they gonna call you out on it. Yeah? Yeah. It's like that. It's like that. Interesting. But okay, with the, the Cool Kid situation, like, wh wh where were you at? Because you've been rapping since you were young, but then you start seeing them get some level of small success, and you're starting to like think like, oh shit, this is how I could actually get in there? Uh, Chuck is my real cousin, so. I'm 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 one of the cats who influenced him to do what he's doing, like musically. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So growing up I used to get in trouble a lot and Chuck is the one who always like pulled me to the side and tell me, like, yo, cuz you could be doing this, you could be doing that, like I don't wanna lose you to this, that, like and then when he started taking off in the music, he just kinda like we always been been tight, you know what I mean? So he just kinda like pulled me in with him slowly but surely and then introduced me to Al and that's, that's history from that point. Interesting, yeah, because you got uh, one song on the Live at the Roxy one I was listening to last night where the intro you're just saying I went to South By and I met Al and that was where everything kind of went crazy from there. Mm -hmm. So where were you at before you met Al and talk, talk to me about that South by Southwest as somebody who's about to go to another motherfucking South by Southwest. I had just ran the nigga over with a car. A car? Right, a truck actually. Um, I got into a confrontation with a cat. And, um, after I ran him over with the truck, you know, he was fucked up in the hospital for a minute, and they was like trying to press charges and shit. Some random wait. No, it wasn't random. Um, I was chilling in my whip, dude, like disrespecting me, talking too much. I ain't know the nigga like that, so he slapped the brim on my hat. And I hop out the car and whooped his ass. And when I when I hit him, I knocked fat teeth out of his mouth. You know, slammed him all. You know, just I was I was fucking him up. And then he came at you on some fan shit at first, or no, it wasn't no fan shit. He was with my little homies, and 
you know, they my little homies, and he think just because he know them, he know me. Uh -huh. And he, you know, had a rude awakening that day, because, okay, after I knocked the five teeth out of his mouth, I slammed him. It must then, have been a hell of a punch to knock five hit. teeth out. Well, I'm, you know, <laughs> might look light, but I'm heavy, though. Apparently, five teeth, dude? Yeah, I hit hard. Yeah. Like freight train hard. I've, I'm open to it. You ever do any sort of martial arts training or anything, or is it all just... It's just from hands-on, just, you know, being a skinny nigga, being a cool nigga in the hood, everybody, like, take light and don't think it'll happen. You know mm. what I'm saying? It's just always been like that with me. So, back to the story, like, I was headbutting him because he was trying to keep, after I had, you know, like, laid him on the ground, hit him so hard, I didn't have, I didn't knock him down. I was just able to just lay him down like a blanket because I hit him so hard. Oof, so that, that kind of thing where you hit him and then you got to, like, lower him to the ground because you're afraid they're going to die if no, they hit the like ground I hard? No, it was like I hit him and he was so threw off that that's what he was focused on, like, what the fuck just happened? So <laughs> I was able to grab him and lay him down, and then he trying to keep my hands from hitting him, so I'm headbutting him, so they think I'm biting his face. So when I get up, it's blood all on my face and shit, so... They pulled me off of him. He run back. Somebody hand him something in the back duplex, and it looked like a gun. So I jump in the truck, try to pull off. And you know what I'm saying? Um, at the time, my BM, she had bust the damn windows out on both passenger sides of the truck. So two of my windows already broke. And then His baby mama or your baby mama? My baby mama. Why the fuck would she wifey, start breaking your my wifey, windows? My, my wifey broke both windows out on the passenger because we had gotten to a, a some something that didn't have nothing to do with this like a week prior to holy it. shit so, and then you drove that car down to south by no no listen check it out <laughs> so this is how the south by even came about okay so after i hit him i didn't realize i had broke my hand because i hit him wrong mm. so when i got it i told you after they handed him something i jumped in my car tried to pull up he run up on my windshield and slapped my windshield with whatever he had in his hand. So now my two passenger side windows broke and my windshield. And I just, while I was bagging out the driveway trying to hurry up and get the fuck on because I didn't know if they had handed him a gun or not. Mm. I just slapped the car and drive and, and before I realized that I had slammed him into the brick wall. So I'm like, you know how like all the fake thugs and all the fake tough guys and shit, so now they looking at me like, like, I guess they ain't never seen no shit like that. So they like, dog, you crazy. And I'm looking like, you know, I'm trying to pull out. They're trying to get my license plates and shit. So I jump on the freeway, scratch. I call Chuck like, shit, where you at? He like, oh, I'm on my way to Chicago, coming from L.A. I'm like, all right, let me know when you get there. You know, and I used to always, like, get in trouble. Like, this not this this a reoccurrence of, like, a whole <laughs> bunch of shit just from me bumping my head and shit, you know. Right. And I just always run out there with Chuck. And when I'm running out there with Chuck from running from bullshit from, from the crib, I record a lot of records. And that just started, you looked up in the computer and I got 60, 70 fucking songs in the computer, uh -huh. you know, from me just going out there hollering cuz, cuz he had like the condo in the sky and shit. And I was just able to just go out there with him and Mikey and just duck off and always, <clears throat> that'll be my getaway. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Definitely. Did you, did they recognize that you were really gifted as a rapper early on? Yeah, Chuck always thought like I was the greatest. Chuck and his, his little brother Justin, you know what I'm saying? They always, they always like gassed me like I was the one.
I was watching in the studio last night, and you were just straight up, like, eyes closed, just looking up, doing entire verses from memory. That was fucking freaky. i never seen anybody record quite like that. When? From where? It was a relatively recent video that came out a couple of weeks ago. It was, like, in Detroit. Mm. And you're just doing the entire verse. Like, most people I know would be punching in, like, 15 times, trying each bar out five times. You just lace the whole thing, eyes closed. Shit, I'll be high, man. So sometimes, you know, that's the vibe. Like, I need to, I guess, get the the record off that I'm trying to record at the time. I don't know. I, it's different, like, with me, you know. Some days I might write the shit. Some days I might go in there and punch it in. Some days I might freestyle the shit, you know what I'm saying? It's just depends on what type of weed I'm smoking, I guess. Really? Weed is a big part of your creative process in terms of just that inspiration? Yeah, I be, I done wrote some sober songs, and those the ones I hear like the most, you know, crazy comments from the fans and shit. It just doesn't sound right? I ain't that in no song, right? I guess it just ain't, it's not normal. Like, people not used to it, so come off like, what the fuck? Like, who is this cat today? Like this right. ain't the shoot him up, bang, bang. I sold dope all my life, Bojack. Right. It's, but it's, um. <laughs> do you think that the weed impact on your life, though, do you think it, because, you know, for me, it's like I feel like I would be much, much more aggressive and smoke all the time. I'm, like, so much more on edge, so much more likely to get in an argument with somebody, and it kind of neutralizes that part of my personality in a lot of ways. It's, like, so much easier for me to just sort of take a step back and be like, all right, whatever, I don't give a fuck. i just been getting high for so long, like, like, that's been a big part of my life. So it's like I'm damn near almost not me if I'm not high. Right. No, when I get when I get a lot of shit don't bother me. I was just telling us that he's like overseas and that there's like they rented like a huge fucking dope studio for him, mm-hmm. and then instead he rented his own shitty ass studio because he could smoke in the shitty one <laughs> and the nice one they weren't have <laughs> smoked. Does that that's how bro plays? Does bro. that resonate with you? Like that's it's that important of a part of the creative process. Bro, gotta be able to smoke anywhere. I'm damn near the same way. Like I don't even. Is it even a um, a stew op if you can't smoke? It's like a recording studio, right? Yeah. It ain't no stoop if you can't smoke in that bitch. It definitely sure. ain't a vibe. Nah. <laughs> um, so, okay. How did that story about you almost killing the guy with your truck and then going off and recording a bunch of shit with Mikey and, and Chuck and them, how did that end up with you starting to work with Al or meeting Al? Wasn't that how that story started? That's exactly how it started. Like, um... <clears throat> So, like I say, I went out there, recorded some records, and I got children, so I can't really be gone from home for too long. So, you know, it was right back in the fish grease, right back in the fire. And shit had cooled down a little bit, you know? And um, I think homie had, like, went to jail or some shit for a minute. That and, guy? Yeah, and when he, you know, so I guess the charges he was pressing kind of diluted itself a little bit from him being in trouble, you know, uh-huh. so he, I guess he not, like, credible. And after so long, like, you know, they only got so long before a case started getting ice cold, you know? Uh-huh. And it ain't like he had actually died at the time he didn't. But did he get all fucked up from being pushed against the wall with the car? He out of here now. He, like, he no longer, like, you know. From that situation? Nah, some, oh. some other shit he was going through. 
If he's putting bad energy out there in the world, then, you know, it's going to come back one way or another. I'm smoking any nigga boost off putting bad energy in the world. <laughs> but, okay, so that situation happens. They don't end up pressing charges. And then Chuck, or the, at least they it, don't was go a South, it was a South by Southwest trip coming up, and I had been the year prior to, so I was familiar with it, and Chuck had asked me did I want to go this time. And I'm like, fucking, I ain't doing shit, you know? So I went down there, and then two days after me being down there, Al was just, you know, I guess down there just chilling up or probably working or whatever he was doing, smoking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I seen him. Chuck, Chuck, I seen him and like, yo, come here, Bojack. Like, that go out right here. I'm like, oh, damn, that is out. I'm like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We, we introduced, he introduced us. And ever since then, like, Big Bro just always had my back and he believed in me and he just pushed me to, you know, make the best music I can make and keep working, stay out of trouble. Yeah, man, it's rare that you meet somebody who has those kind of hopes for your music career like normally you meet people who want to shape you or like feel like we could we could make you into something that you're not currently it feels like you guys have the kind of relationship where you both just like really respect each other's crafts on its own for sure that you know bro just i didn't know the whole time like a lot of the shit i was listening to and it was like some of my favorite music that i was listening to i didn't know al did a lot of that music because a, a whole lot of early works get hit from the game when you you know um, when you earning when you earning your keep and you you know building your name in the game and you trying to get your rank up and a lot of shit get lost in the shuffle and me I don't read you know the album credits and shit a lot and I ain't looking to see who produced what because you know when I catch a when I even catch wind of a new record usually it's just from me being right place, right time. It's not for me actually, you know, checking in the shit on myself. Hmm. See, that kind of question is, says a lot of, a lot of your fan base, I would assume are kind of like die hard hip hop fans, like real obsessed music fans, like people that really just love like real pure hip hop and stuff. And I'm, I'm sure that to a certain extent, they wonder to what extent you came up like that, like to what extent you were, you know, it's because you assume that somebody who raps as good as you and who has such taste in production isn't just going to come into having that kind of taste without paying a lot of attention to music throughout his life. Yeah, you know, I grew up um, R.I.P. to the legend, Dilla. I grew up in Detroit, like the J. Dillas, the, um, you know, Slum Village, Eminem, of course, you know, the Dirty Dozen, Boss, you know, um, MC Breed from Flinton, you know, it's just, it's a variation. Like Michigan always had dope artists. And my outside taste of like music was like, you know, of course Nas, Jay, AZ, Big. Um, I listened to all that shit. If it was dope, I fucked with it, no matter where it was coming from. You know what I'm saying? Like the C-Balls, um, Big Macs. Like, I, I always been listening to, like, gutter underground shit and people that didn't give a fuck about trying to make a mainstream song. Like, niggas were just on the records thugging. And that's how I feel like I play it. Like, I know my flow ain't as current as, like, the kids who, um, with the with the colorful hair and, you know, with the more fit um, clothes to make bigger fashion statements and shit, like, that ain't me, you know what I mean? I'm cool, but I talk a bunch of 
street shit, cause I'm a street nigga, so you know, it might come off as some hip hop, but that's where hip hop come from. It, origin it originate from the street, and that's, you know, I grew up when niggas wasn't dancing and shit, like, when you ain't had to be all animated, and, you know, as long as you can rap and that shit sounded dope, and you was talking the right shit, you was the man. You right. know what I'm saying? So, I still stand on that, cause that's the era I'm from. You know what I'm saying? I try to mix a little this and that with it at times, but I like my shit kinda bland and black and white. Like, I like to keep it like that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, we live in, in a world where it's just everybody has access to all the numbers to such a crazy extent that it's everybody ends up basing basically what they do with themselves on those numbers that are right in your face. And you end up with all kinds of weird, twisted shit happening in our society. Like sometimes I'm looking at a female artist and they just straight posting booty pics. And I'm just like, man, that's crazy. Cause like, I know she wants to be taken seriously as an artist, but she just sees the numbers. So she's posting those booty pics, like despite it, just cause she knows that those numbers are going to come in off of that. And it's like that in, in rap too now. Where life, life is a numbers game. Mm. All around the board, like everything, everything is numbers. Like it gotta add up. You know what I'm saying? If that's what she gotta do to feel like, you know, that's what she need to do to win, then she gonna try to do the numbers. Right. But there's some things that you're just gonna have morals and ethics about, and some things you aren't. Like I'm sure you sold some bad work in your life. I but you sold fake work. <laughs> I done saw big bags of absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed as much. But, I didn't, but, I didn't but, candle wax niggas. But you haven't taken shit. that mentality to your music. You never put out a fucking bullshit ass project, right? I'm sure you well, got projects you don't love. But. I done finessed a couple niggas for sure. <laughs> I done re rocked a couple verses and all that shit. Okay, man. Okay. You know, this shit get, it get grisly, bro. Like, you got to do the numbers. Shit ain't adding up, you know? Mm. Shit. Somebody got to pay for it. But sometimes I'll see an artist come out, and they got, a, they got a dope style. They got a dope flow, whatever, and I'm just impressed by them. And then I'll see them sell five whack-ass features and videos to a bunch of random-ass dudes. And all of a sudden, I don't want to hear him rap anymore. That's because he cared too much about what you think instead of remembering why you even fuck with him in the first place. And that's because he was being him at the time. But most of these rappers nowadays are having a fucking identity crisis, mm. you know? But yeah. I think the issue is more that he's taking a short-term bag to just go get a 1000 or whatever for a fucking feature, but he's totally polluting his brand name and his image, at least to anybody who's paying enough attention to be watching the bullshit features he's doing. I'm talking about him doing songs with other people, not like... And not going hard as he would go on his own shit, or I mean, it you doesn't... Could, you could go hard, but if you're rapping next to somebody who's trash, like if you, if, you know... And that's the thing is if somebody came in right now and offered you the right bag to just go in the studio for fucking 10 minutes and do a quick verse, it is what it is. You might want to just do it. But at the same time, what if that guy does a video for that song and he gets that song on World Star difference. and then you're out here like, oh, that's the difference in me. I'm actually going to I don't give a fuck if you paid me five dollars for that verse. I'm mm. going to pin it like you gave me five thousand for it because I actually pride myself in like what I walk out the booth and leave in the computer mm. and recordings. Like, I actually give a fuck about that shit. Some niggas care more about the money. Mm. I, I'm, I care more about the craft first. And then I know, I know if I'm on my dean with that music shit, the bag gonna come. Like, we, we, everybody wake up, you chase a bag every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
No matter what the fuck you doing. A bump chase a bag pumping gas. That's mm-hmm. his bag he in. You know what I'm saying? Right. We just so happened, me and Al just so happened to be in a whole different weirdo go yard sleeping bag. You know what I'm saying? But is it, was there times early on where you had to have those conversations to realize that it was worth it to just stay the course? Or is it something that you kind of always had in you? I imagine at a certain point, somebody like Al probably. He's taking the pay cut over here, man. As long as we, <laughs> Definitely, as right? as yeah. we wake up 100, bro, and everybody cool and comfortable in their skin, you know what I mean? We taking the pay cut. We ain't doing no goofy shit for no bags, bro. That's a beautiful thing. Um, So about like, so when you first started coming out on those cool kid tapes and stuff, though, you mentioned on on that that one intro that I was referencing that, you know, at that point it was like you trying to make the album, you trying to get your your foot in there in terms of the cool kids album and shit like that. How did you kind of branch off enough to to the point where you realized that people wanted to see you do your own thing? How did you get that confidence to start doing your own projects? Cause first of all, I'm not as cool as Mike and Chuck. You don't think? Saying like, you know, in the cool world, like, you know, of course them niggas ain't as ain't as motherfucking debonair as big bro, but you know. No, I'm talking shit, but um I just ain't as cool as them cats. Like, I'm I'm good. Like me and Mikey, I have a dope project if we did it, cause it'd be like, you know, uh Bad Meets Evil or you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what it'll be. It'll be some. You're evil and he's bad. He seems kind of like good, if anything. Uh, like his Mikey's rap the character. Michael Mikey's the evil genius. I'm just the Detroit bad boy piston fan. You know? uh-huh. Mikey's the evil genius. But sure. he's a little bit more like lighthearted on the track, and you're a little more menacing. He's like good cop, bad cop. That's what you want to think, cause Mikey really be talking a bunch of boss, big money, flat boy shit, like. You know, Mikey didn't seen the world a couple times too. Like, mm. you know, I don't get out the ghetto much. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I rap about. Yeah, but is there? You know, a lot of people who get into the position of starting to make a name for themselves, they just want to get up out the ghetto. They want to like try to get out of that environment. Is there a part of you that just no doesn't ma- feel no matter right how much loot I get, I'm staying in the projects forever. <laughs> Didn't Prodigy say that? Is that no, a fucking? That's a half line. Oh yeah, that I was, was a just talking line. shit, okay. but um. No, but like that line when he says that on that fucking intro is just like the most mind blowing thing of like, I don't know to what extent he really meant what he was saying. That's what he meant is, no matter how much loot, what he, I guess what he meant, current today, just to catch everything up to speed where he had in his life. Now, I, I guess he meant like, no matter how much loot he get. You know what I'm saying? It, he'll always be a project nigga. If he want to go back to the Jets, he could. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of niggas can't go to their hood when they get that bag up, you know? Right. A lot of niggas get ran out of their neighborhood when they get their money right because they never was who they supposed to be to hold that down, I guess. Have you seen enough people in your life change, though? Like, getting on some rich shit and then you just can barely relate to them anymore? From the hood or since I've been doing music, like the people I met doing music. Either way. I mean, do do you see people that like get too far away from that element of where they came from and then all of a sudden it's like you don't even recognize them anymore? No, because all the rich cats I know, like the cats that's really rich, they actually like downplaying and they like Mm. humbling. Like they're like, 
good human beings still. Then I know a, a bunch of niggas that's not rich that think they got a couple dollars that yep. sit there and act like, you know, everybody's beneath them and they get a little too big for their bridges for me. So, you know, but I don't fuck with a lot of people. Like, I might do business with you. I might, you know, see you in passing and traffic and shit, but like these type of one-on-ones and shit, like I don't kick it with niggas for real. Right. I mean, you want to hold on to that. You want to hold on to that that part of yourself to a certain extent, which is is weird because it's like you you spend a lot of your life just wanting to meet people and just have these sort of conversations and stuff. But then I don't know. There's a certain point when you get into your thirties, start to feel like I don't know that I necessarily want to be giving my ideas away to everybody that I to all these random ass people. I don't know if I want to be wasting my energy having random conversations with people that are not thinking about shit the same way I am. Yeah, I mean, you know, like-minded people, you know, um, you get a lot further with people that think a lot more how, you know, you you rationalize, you know what I mean? As opposed to somebody, you know, who probably just sitting there trying to wait till you get your weight up and get your bag up so he can finesse you and get in position so he can get his bag up and run off with the bag on you. Mm. That's most niggas. Yeah, that's real. Why are you the only person on earth who's putting out a new album and they have a private Instagram? Okay. (laughs) About that. About that. My Instagram was never private. Somebody had hacked into my page and made my page private. Oh shit. And then I recovered the the page. I got the page back. But then I end up losing the phone and the phone number to the Instagram. So I'm locked out of my Instagram. Wow. So I'm not gonna follow back on that account. You will. I'm about to <laughs> You're I've gonna been, get it back. I've been hollering a couple people. You know anybody I can get back in my gram? I don't know. I mean, Alchemist, he's a corporate dude, right? This is the problem. You. This is the problem. No. <laughs> he's got to know some label people, man. No, nah, look, this um, this the truth, though. Um, I'm, I'm locked out of the page, but Chuck been trying to get me back in my drink. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to figure that out now. But that's pretty cool, though, honestly. Like, most rappers, their whole fucking career is their Instagram. That's what I was trying to tell. <laughs> but I got a homeboy. He keep asking me when I'm going to get back on my Instagram, when I'm going to get back in. He always talk about, like, you need to promote. You need to do it. And I just asked him the other day. I'm like, bro, like, like chill out. Like, like you know, I'm, it's going to work itself out, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'll, right. get, I'll get back in there when it's time. But for now, shit's <laughs> still moving. Like, I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it should have changed a lot since the early days of your career when you first came out it was like about getting on the blogs and shit and you were making the kind of music that the blogs couldn't resist they were all over it now it's like you got to be your own blog blogs ain't really that important anymore but you got to have your instagram representing your personality on your behalf but it's kind of badass to be honest it's, it really sort of fits your ethos as a performer to like not have one or be locked out of it or say <laughs> the truth bro i really don't give a fuck about that shit uh, Probably only because I rap and I do have something to promote and I got a product I'm trying to push and sell and shit. Like, that's probably the only reason I wouldn't be attached to no shit like that. Like, you know? Mm. I feel that. Nigga, a nigga really grew up hiding from the camera and cramming my whole life. So I really, 
You know, I still ain't got used to the camera yet. Like, this shit is weird to me. Yeah. You asking me these questions, like, but you actually, like, cool and shit. Like, it's a true. lot of times, motherfuckers be feeling like the police when they be asking me this shit. Yeah. Yeah. We could definitely do that. I got all this. I got your entire uh, criminal history in my phone notes. That, that, I mean, you know. I don't, but. <laughs> I mean, even if you do, like, like I told you earlier before we started the interview, like, I'm one of the better criminals. Mm, so you haven't gotten in a lot of trouble in your life? I get in trouble for shit that I'm not, it's not, I, it's not me doing it or like some civil infraction traffic shit because I ain't never had a license. Really? So you've been driving around your whole life with no license? Damn, I said that on TV. <laughs> but why, why, why is that? And I say that as a person who has not had a license a large percentage of my Cause, life. Because I came in the game like stealing cars and shit oh, when shit. I was 12, 13 years old. And when we used to go get in tr trouble and go to jail and shit, and I started going to a juvenile, by the time it was time for me to drive, I had, I had fucked that up for myself. With just arrests and shit? No, I just like, you know, when you're stealing cars and like possession of stolen property over a certain amount of thousand dollars and receiving and concealing stolen uh, property and all these stolen cars and all that shit. Like once you get into that ring of like, you know, that, that car thief ring, it's like, it's harder to get your license and shit cause when I got out the youth home, I was 15. And by the time I was 16 and it was time to get my license, I had already ran from the police two, mm. three times. I had fleeing in the Lutons and like, I've been getting in trouble like as a juvenile. That's when I got in my most trouble. Mm. I mean, but since I've been growing, like, it all been like slap on the wrist, somebody else hassle, wrong place, wrong time, getting caught up in some bullshit. But like me personally, you love being in Detroit? Do you feel like it's a big part of I why love, you're able to still make this kind of music? I love Detroit because I am Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's where I grew up all my life. So, of course, I love Detroit, but I think I'm outgrowing um, feeling like I have to be in Detroit to, to live my best life. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. feel like. I can spread my wings a little bit. I'm about to um, actually try to jump out here a little bit now and move out of town for the first time in a long time. But how much do you think that it really inspires you to be around the element? Like, you know, like when you listen to Griselda, it's like you can't, it sounds like Buffalo. It sounds like the kind of music somebody would make if they were living in Buffalo. And it's kind of, well, sometimes it's hard to imagine that energy coming out of Hollywood. But what's crazy is Gunn and them make a lot of them records elsewhere. See, I believe it for sure, but it don't feel like it. Them niggas is Buffalo. That's the difference. Like, right. I am Detroit. Like, it's a difference. Like, other people trying to get in where they fit in and figure out, like, where they want to be. If they a Atlanta nigga, if they a, you know, uh, Texas nigga, if they a, you know how it go, you know what I mean? And they ain't like that with me. It's drugs on seven, six mile, hell block, hully gully, East Warren, Belvedere block. Like, that's Buddy James in a nutshell. Like, and that mm -hmm. is Detroit. That's East Side, West Side, you know, ghetto to ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just well-rounded with that Detroit shit. And I just know, you know, it ain't gonna happen to me. I mean, I'm not saying it can't happen to me, but mm -hmm. I'm still a nigga that, can be in the ghetto in my bins with all my jewelry on, no pistol with my son, all my, you know, uh, 
with my bet my Sunday's best outfit on, pocket full of money, and a nigga ain't gonna harm a hair on, on me, let alone, you know, think about robbing me or doing some stupid shit. But, you know, I ain't saying it can't happen. I'm just saying it hasn't happened and I don't feel like it will because, you know, I'm grounded. I'm I'm a veteran with you know, I'm an OG around my way for real. Yeah. There's something about Detroit <clears throat> that people pop off as rappers and tend to stick around. M, Danny Brown, ICP. We're going to throw them as some of the biggest success stories out of Detroit, and they didn't seem like they were in any hurry to leave, right? Um, I think Danny lives somewhere else. Does he now? He probably got places in, in, in Michigan. But I don't, think, I don't think Danny's at the crib like that anymore. He probably go take care of the family, visit his couple tools and fuels, or go catch a vibe or something, but I'm pretty sure he get the fuck on. Mm. You got a relationship with him? Yeah, me and Danny don't have bad blood. Me and Danny, um, we cool. We cool people, man. I fuck with Danny. That's what's up. It's been actually crazy seeing, there's so much like, I don't know what you want to call it, scam rap, Detroit <laughs> rap, some mumble rap type yeah, shit. There's a yeah. lot of different shit going on out of Detroit right now. How do you feel about it? Hey, man, me and I'll sit there and listen to all that shit, bro. Y'all will be surprised the music that we like compared to the music we make. Like, we are fans of... We are the we the, we the dudes that don't hate on the up-and-coming youngins because we actually understand, you mm. know what I mean? We still, like, relevant, and it ain't too much on the ground floor, you know what I'm saying, that Al ain't up on, and, you know... Vice versa, like with me. Like, he put me up on shit, I put him up on shit. We sit there, watch uh, hours and some change of motherfuckers' YouTube videos before we realize, you know, damn, we've been sitting there tripping on this shit, let's get back to work, you know mm. what I'm saying? But, yeah, we fuck with all that shit. The TJ Sixes, the, um, you know, the Casher Quans, the... Shout out my boy Casher. Yeah, you know, um, anything Detroit, bro, that's... Moving forward in a positive direction, I've always been with it because I know how long we've been adding to the problem. Mm. Well, did you, um, did you, did I hear you shouting out Drago and Bino on your new project? Yeah, they're my youngest. Damn, that's crazy. How do you, uh, what do you know them from? From the ghetto. Okay. Being here, being here always in the ghetto. Drag too, but. Lean don't really bring people together, huh? It ain't about the lean. It's the mafia. Like, it's just Detroit shit. Like, it's certain people I know that they know that we both fond of or we've worked with or we have personal relationships in the street with and shit. And then, you know, real, real recognized, real. Like, before Drake was popping and shit, like, I used to always pull down on Drake. You know, it's been times where we, we both was fucked up, you know what I'm saying? But that's my little nigga. We drinking green lean, sharing motherfucking sandwiches and shit from, you know. A, he's sitting a, at a home mad right pie. now. He's like, I ain't never drink green lean. You just exposed his ass. Man, that's <laughs> a real nigga. That nigga, that nigga, he a real nigga, bro. You know, he just young. He, 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 um, he getting his feet wet in the game. And that's why I say, like, anything Detroit plus bonus, I'm with it. Dragon Beans, I'm a big fan of my youngest. Like, I fuck with my little niggas. I mean, I feel like if you really fuck with rap music, it's like you should be able to look at rap music that's outside of your particular style and be able to appreciate it. The same way, like, it, it, to me, that's a big thing for people in general. If you can listen to other types of music and appreciate it, if you could watch a movie that you never had any fucking knowledge about and still find a way to appreciate it, it's like, you know... Life can't be that interesting if you're just solely focused on shit that is exactly the fucking thing you've already decided that you're interested in. That's right. Because I'm not caught up in, like, B 
being so much of an artist that I can't recognize if somebody else is talented. Right. You know, that's not me. I'm I hear it instantly when 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 it when it strike when it strike a nerve, you know it. You're like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? No matter if it's coming out of my ballpark or not, like I just know good music when I hear it in my youngest. They always came fire. Mm. But is there it's interesting though, because like a lot of people just can't help themselves. If they would like to rap, they'll hop on any beat. It's like you you somebody who has that has already made that decision that you have like a sort of specific style that you choose to to get down on. Is it ever like tempting though, like when you're friends with people and they rap on completely different types of beats, or is there part of you that wants to get down on those kind of beats? I actually can rap over those beats. Like I am from Detroit, so I you know, I tell people all the time, just because my shit sound like this and they might not be able to come over to my arena and mm. perform how they put numbers up, you know, in their arena, I can still come over there and put the same numbers up that I'm doing in my arena if I wanted to. Mm. This just that's just the old grumpy man in me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like to just stand on this Bodie James kind creature two two seven shit. Like that's just me, bro. Mm. You know, um, cause I got records. It's funny you say that, cause I used to have a studio in the ghetto on on, on the east side, seven mile, and like, I mean, it was between seven and six mile. It was on Van Dyke in Nevada, mm. and that's in the trenches if you know Detroit. And you know, from the Sada baby, shout out the little bro, Sada, Sada too, shout out. You know what I'm saying? Um, big nephew Doug. You know, when Doug first came home from prison, my studio was one of the first studios. Not only did he record in, but he used to come up there and hang out, you know, shoot dice and thug with me and my guys, R.I.P. Mox. That's his brother. And me and Mox was real close. I got a song called On My Tether with Mox. Mox, you know, he got killed a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, all the artists that's burning up right now, like, I got personal relationships with all of them, you know. It's been a time where we didn't cross paths or we didn't actually, you know, hung out or, you know, actually made music together. You know what I'm saying? Me and Babyface Ray, we got a couple songs together. I got music with Peasy. Um, I got music with Icewear Vezo. Oh, shit, really? I got music with, I got any anybody you could think of. Um, um, you know, all the artists at the crib, like, you know, if they in the street, I pretty much then bumped into him and worked with him. That's sure. Um, do you, like, in terms of the progress, like, do you think a lot about the progress and the changes that are taking place between your projects? Or from your perspective, is it more just about catching the right vibe? Like, how long did this project actually take? And was this one of those projects where you got in the studio for a few nights and made it happen? Or is this a project where you made 100 songs over the course of however long and then just picked the ones you really fucked with? It might have took a month. Okay. It might have. Of and like nonstop studio sessions? No, see, we don't work like that. <laughs> you know, we 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 always working, but you know, we do take you know smoke break. We eat. Might have to go get some air. You know. Oh yeah. Brody might have to take care of some business. You know what I'm saying? But we working even when you know what I'm saying. We taking care of other shit because I'm always trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to say to finish that verse off last night that I didn't finish or mm. how I'm going to approach this new beat, bro, you about to cook up or damn, the beat he played me last night, like how I'm going to tackle this, you know what I'm saying? So When I was watching you record that verse with your eyes closed, that's what stood out to me is I'm like, damn, this guy has a real connection. Like, I feel like if you are someone who mostly just cares about rapping, 
then you kind of can't help but be that good at it. Like, it's that embedded in your brain. Like, you're always thinking about rapping. So for you to just have that verse on deck in your brain is not that challenging. There's so many verses up here. Mm. When the beat start, the first initial words will get it all to rolling. You feel me? Okay. Because there's too much shit trapped up here. It's like, that's like, you know, just so happened Brody here, so I'm going to make the example out of bro. But that's like asking Al, hey, yo, Al, can you play that beat for me you played for me three years ago when I came over here? You know? Yeah. And he got a good memory. Damn near will be able to narrow it down because that's how particular he is and how he... Right. You know, because um, that's his life. You know, at the end of the day, if go. there's something you're that passionate about, but you... I'm saying like, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a lot of shit that's lost up there. It's a lot of loops and samples and records and shit that it just when he hear it, it all click. But until he hears it, it's it's a blur, bro. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it can't help but be a blur to a certain extent when you've been doing the same thing for thirty years. You know. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's so many fucking beats, though, bro. Yeah. At what point does he just start feeling like this is either his style or it either gets to sounding repetitive to him at some point, you mm. know? And that's what makes him tweak it different because he probably can recognize it. Like, damn, I almost went the same type of left I went last time. So let me, you know. Okay. I got you. Yeah, like, you always have to be sort of making it interesting for yourself at the very least. Yeah, because I got to keep telling myself not to sound like last record. A lot of times I might do, but in my head, it's like I got to psych myself out to thinking that I'm actually reinventing the wheel. Mm. So you feel like sort of, I mean, it's almost like to be a rapper for a long period of time, you have to be able to sort of summon up that same energy repeatedly. You have to be able to take yourself back to an environment that, I mean, shit, I don't know about you, but a lot of people aren't in that environment anymore. You have to, like, be able to sort of dig up that inspiration, even if you were just at the grocery store drinking fucking green juice that day. Yeah. You, you gotta still got to bring you yourself gotta back. You got to dig in, like, to get anything out of life. You, you know, you got you to gotta dig in. That's how it is with that music. Like, that shit don't just fall out the sky either. You blessed by the rap guys for them to give you a talent to where, like, your music pretty much, you know, um, writes itself just because, you know, you that ill of a nigga. Mm -hmm. Or you really, like, studying the art form of the shit, which that's what I had to do to get to develop this talent I got. I wasn't just, like, the first rap I ever spit wasn't just like, damn, that's the greatest shit I ever heard in life. You know what I'm saying? It's like I had to I had to mold my craft and get it to the point where I could feel confident enough to spit it in front of y'all and feel like, you know, even before y'all here, I know that was the dopest shit ever. Mm. You know what I'm saying? No, definitely. I mean, you have to be willing to sort of have that mentality of like always wanting to improve because and that's what's crazy is like you know a lot of people just decide they want to be a rapper and they feel like their first song is like something that you should be genuinely excited about and it's like in reality almost any rapper if you were to go listen to their shit from a year or two ago you'd be able to see a huge difference in terms of you know if they have anywhere to grow that's why it's almost weird when you listen to like a jade of kiss verse in like 2020 because it's still super solid. Like, he hasn't, he doesn't had to really change anything up. It's like he pretty much got, like, as good as he was going to get 10, 20 years ago. Experience, man. Like, sometimes 
You can peak, but you just can't drop the bar. You cannot let the bar lower any. You know what I'm saying? If you can't raise it, you have to keep it where it's at. Mm. That's just, that's a rule for like the greats to remain like, you know, relevant and you to still feel the same way you feel about them 20 years later. Mm. There's moments on the tape where it's like I can tell that there's sort of like a melding of your current life and maybe a previous life. You said dope in the Pyrex looks like granola oatmeal. And that's just funny to me, picturing you looking at the oatmeal and just thinking about, like, damn, that looks like drugs. Life, my life is drugs, man. Like, real life. Like, I wake up, smoke, run out the door, try to scrape and scratch just to be able to, you know what I'm saying, shake whatever I can to bring home and make sure, you know what I'm saying, ain't nobody get left behind. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people get lost in the shuffle when niggas getting money. They forget about their people and shit. And it don't matter if I got a bankroll or I'm on my last $5. This is what I do this shit for. I'm I'm only up and running so I can make sure they cool. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think a lot of fathers realize that once you have a child, you're not living for yourself anymore. Mm. And I've been raising kids before I even had my own children. So, you know... I always been the type to know what sacrifice is. So, you know what I mean? A lot of shit, you know, it don't, a lot of shit don't rub me wrong because I'm always in father mode. So I'm more of an understanding person. But I always wasn't like this, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, was there a different version of you before the fatherhood thing had fully kicked in? Like, a because, a you know, as a rapper in particular, a lot of the time you're spending being creative and stuff. It might be kind of hard to justify that when, do you have more immediate pressing concerns with the kids? That's why I took the break. That's how I got in trouble, you know what I'm saying? But then you realize, oh, you about to, you know what I'm saying, pour down the drain. And it ain't, it ain't worth it to me to have to sit it out and can't be there for my family. Even if this rap shit all went away after I walk out of this interview. Huh. I wouldn't give a fuck as long as I, you know what I'm saying, got breath in my lungs and I'm up and running and can get it done for the fam or even my little resources I got that probably I can use to help me catapult what I'm doing more so or, you know what I'm saying, elevate more in life. I still, I'm always breaking bread with the fam or that's my primary focus. Like, it's the family. Mm. I'm a family man, like, in every literal sense of the word, like, get up, take the kids to school every morning. Um, I get them, well, I wake up, get them dressed, make sure, you know, they brush their teeth, feed them, get them to school on time, make sure they backpacks, you know what I'm saying, is is they got their homework and, you know, that, like I say, they to school on time. I pick them up from school, you know what I'm saying? I try to make sure I'm on top of the homework shit. Um, and this is all, Throughout the course of a day of me still having to run the street, you know what I'm saying, do music, try to keep this shit up and running. Like, I didn't almost drop the ball a million times. Right, because there's been times throughout the last 10 years where you've gone pretty decent stretches of time without dropping a project or anything. Is there times where life just got too real that you just couldn't find your way to putting your energy into that? Because uh, what y'all don't see behind the scenes is I'm always working. I'm always recording. I got... 
I got more songs than Tupac. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in real life. And I'll even know, like, sometimes I go overboard with the recordings. Like, I might do too many fucking records. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's 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 a part of my therapy. Like, I'm always going to record with or without a check. I just like making music. I love, I love the recording process. I love the artsy process of just making music. I'm, I'm a junkie. Who's better at narrowing your songs down to a project, you or him? Bro. Yeah? Um, Can yeah, you not yeah. really hear your shit for what it is? No, it's not that. I just trust his ear. He has a he has a unique ear for mm. knowing what works in in that stratosphere. Like he know, you know what I'm saying, overall how the shit's supposed to sound. I've been listening to Al before I even knew how to make a song correctly or I knew what the fuck a sixteen bar verse was or hook structure and all that shit. Like, he let me break all the rules. Like, we the rebels of the game. That's what we do. That's what we known for. We known for not following suit and just going left. It's all Ginobili, Harden. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> going left, bro. That's a fact. Um, there's a lot of drug talk on your album. Uh, do you, like, what's your relationship with actually doing drugs at this point? Sometimes it's hard to tell to what extent you're talking about actually doing it. Like, you definitely seem like you've, you've had a syrup thing throughout your life. But there's a lot of pill talk, too, that I'm like, I wonder if that's exclusively in the distribution business or if you're also a, a client. I'm not going to say nothing to hang myself on that question, but I'm going to say this. Me and Al was making a joke earlier in the car, and I was telling him, Al, I got a whole rap career off of rapping about the same one brick. <laughs> I sold one brick one time in my life, and I've been rapping about it for 30 years. Is that so? <laughs> I assume that about a lot I'm of rappers. talking rap. shit, man. No, I a lot never, of rappers, I, I assume there was never even one life. brick. I never sold drugs in my life, bro. Okay. That's a good decision, honestly. You can get in a lot I of just, trouble for that. I'm just from Detroit, and there's a lot of drug dealing going on. And, you know, when I look out my project window and I see the guys, like, doing them, like, it just... It seems like the cool thing to rap about, you know? Mm. No, yeah, it definitely sounds cool. I actually skateboard. Well, yeah, skateboard, bike riding, that was always kind of part of the culture you were around since early on, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm the best. Yeah? Yeah, I just don't record myself doing it. You just don't rap about skating? Al got me falling one time, but the cameras wasn't rolling. Thank God, bro. I almost broke my fucking hip, bro, trying to do the Earl sweatshirt. <laughs> Wait, what's the Earl sweatshirt? Earl just good on the skateboard. He was outdoing me in the raps one day. He told me he could beat me in basketball. He jumped on the skateboard and was doing all type of tricks. I say, fuck that. I'm not losing all day to Earl Sweatshirt, bro. Right. Fuck that. <laughs> and a nigga named, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, a nigga without a hood on his sweater. Yeah. Going to tell me what the fuck I supposed to be losing that and shit, man. You so know? what did you try to do? You tried to just do an ollie, a kickflip? I tried to do some Earl sweatshirt shit and I almost <laughs> lost my life, bro. Like, I wish I could see the tape. I wasn't, I don't know. I wish I could see that tape as well. I think Alchemist should definitely hand it over. He was sick he didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I was sick he didn't have that tape. Holy shit. So, in terms of pushing this project and in terms of like, it feels like it's getting a different reaction than we've seen over the past few years, last few things you dropped, it feels like there's a different level of excitement about this one. 
It's not that. They just happy that me and Al back doing music, and they happy that I'm actually back dropping music. I actually shot a couple videos and shit. I'm about to concentrate a little more and tap into more like what I know I need to be doing to, you know, exhaust more of a bag out the game. If yeah. that's the if that's the common goal, like, and that's you know, and that's what I'm on. I'm gonna figure it out, but I still gotta keep it. It still gotta be Bojack. It still gotta be concrete shit. It's still, you know. Is there a part of you that? sees Griselda blowing up and you're like realizing or remembering like oh there is still a big market for the type of shit that I do uh, I ain't how I look at that I just look at them like they just uniquely dope in their own right you know what I mean like as individuals you know what I'm saying because I met all them individually I didn't meet them together when I met Conway you know what I mean? Me and, me and my oldest boy, we went to one of his shows, checked him out. He showed me a lot of love. Shout out Conway and Jay Worthy. And then um, I met Benny. Benny came through the Owl studio and built it with me when we made that record. That was our introduction out the gate. You just shot the video right then or you shoot the video later? I shot the video later. He actually came to Detroit. Him and Al came to Detroit so we could shoot the flick, but when Benny came in the stool, bro, that's the first rapper that ever came in the stool. I, we we clicked instantly, and then the we went back and forth on the hook. Our verses was like it just was it was it was quick. It was it was painless. It was you know what I'm saying. And then when I met Gun, Gun showed me so much love, like. I'm a fan of his, but not knowing the whole time, he telling me he was one of my biggest fans. You know what I mean? So it's just a mutual respect, and we met through Uncle Al. Uncle Al the plug. So I trust whoever, you know what I'm saying, He he he's working with that he brings me around. Like I know, you know, nine times out of ten, they real niggas, they good people if they fucking with Ali, because Ali a real nigga. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, like I say, I met them all on separate occasions but it's a mutual respect for all three of those guys and i love what they do and they mesh well with what i do and i just look forward to doing more works with gun because i'm on the new pray for paris i was on the hitler where's her med seven mm -hmm. like gun been fucking with me you know what i'm saying shout out to gun that's what's up well we definitely need all y'all to just keep making fucking fire music because feels like a weirdly it's like a renaissance of sorts going on in the game. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, tell us how you're doing the next record. Um, <clears throat> well, I'm actually doing the next project with Griselda. Oh, really? Yeah, Gun. Me and Gun on New Year's. I um, I damn near finished the project the first day, January the 1st of this year. I damn near was like, you know, I did enough records to definitely put a project out. But then I got new Derringer records, and then I got Al records left over from the last project we just put out, with the last two projects we put out. And then we got new records we've been recording. So I'm gonna just keep working to make sure that it's, you know, it's handcrafted and, and stitched up right, but yeah, it's on. That's fire. It's good news. You need to hear that. Yeah, it's on. Um, man, I appreciate you coming through doing the interview. 
Yeah, no hassle anytime. I don't think that there's any other like really good full length interviews with you on on YouTube. It's mostly it's kind of dry. It's a lot of shit from a long time ago. I'm dry. Like nah. I'm just a dry person, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm not. I mean seriously, like. I'm yeah, but bo- people. I'm boring as fuck. Bro. Anyone who's a Boldy James fan has got to appreciate a certain level of dry humor or dry sarcasm personality. Where I live in my car, bro. So when you, if you fucking with me, not only do you got to be a rider, like you got to just be up for being doing a bunch of boring shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do shit, bro. <laughs> I don't watch TV. As Al, I'm like a caveman. I don't know nothing. I don't know anybody. I don't know what's going on in the world. Like, it's weird, bro. I envy that. As somebody who feels like they're fucking enslaved to having to know about everything that goes on in the world. Man, God bless you, brother. When Wayne put out that interview the other day where he, like, didn't know what TDE was, I was just like, damn. But I believe Wayne because I'm really, I'm that person. Like, if it's not hands-on, like, somebody putting me up on it personally or... You know, me catching wind of it on my own, like, I'm really not up on it. And I'm not, if you see, I'm always locked out of my Instagram. I don't be on the motherfucker like I should. You know be. you're not on that, yeah. You know, and then <laughs> I fuck with my Twitter, but, you know, that's more so, like, typing text. It's not visual mm. more so than all that other shit, you know. So more like an analog nigga, man. Like, I know the world went digital on me, but I'm I'm slowly but surely catching on and getting more uh computer literate and shit but that just never been my thing i never i always had people to help me in those departments so it kind of like handicapped me to this point now i gotta figure this shit out on my own but i've been figuring it out though yeah it's all right i think people appreciate you for what you are people appreciate somebody who's unabashedly themselves you know i'm always in the streets shooting dice uh you know it's like my life just I was just talking about how the seatbelt noise keep going off. And I don't even hear that shit when I'm in the <laughs> You're one of those guys? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so informative about your personality. Everybody I know who, like, will leave the seatbelt noise on, I'm just looking over at them like, what the fuck is wrong yeah, with you? Yeah, it's a, it's a different type of monster you're dealing with, ain't it? Yeah. Can you imagine the shit running through my head if I can't hear to the To block that belt? out? That's I'm serious. T- that's the noise playing in my head while I'm doing this interview right now. It's bling. Bling, the seatbelt. Bling, bling. bling. So when I Myself hear it, as well. As I was telling, it sounded like it's doubling down in my ears when I actually hear the seatbelt because that's what's playing in my head. That's your brain telling you you got your back in the stew. Yeah, that's it. And, nah, it's actually um, low cell from not sparking up. Yeah, it's been a rough hour. Ah, oh, man. It's the longest hour of my fucking life. <laughs> Let's go. All right. I appreciate you. Baldy James. Yep, Fire, man. It was an honor. It was an honor to, to, I mean, not an honor, but it was, I felt lucky getting to listen to that project a few times to get ready for this. Yeah, man. And so everybody at home should do the same thing. Big Taj. Where we at with it, Big 50? Yeah. Topper. Baldy James, No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, yeah. comment, and subscribe.